0: Well, we are going to finish up uh, the people of Christmas uh, with Luke chapter two, and this is not quite often. This gets forgotten because we we leave baby Jesus in the manger, and we forget that uh, that God works mightily in His people and through His people. And so, we're going to to uh, finish Luke out, Luke chapter two, and we're going to meet. Two very interesting people by the name of Simeon and Anna. And they were, uh, they were two people that God had chosen to give kind of a little extra revelation to. And we'll find out why in just a few minutes. But let's look at, Genesis, or Genesis, at Luke chapter 2. <laughs> Uh, and we're going to start, we're just going to read, uh, the first one is, is verse 21, and we'll stop there. Luke chapter 2 in verse 21, we read these words, and when he was eight days had passed before his cir- circumcision, and his name was then called Jesus, and the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And we're going to stop there. Because I want to, you're, we're going to see uh, three events that take place. And a lot of these events take place, or two of the events, will take place at the temple, which you see uh, a replica of. And I want to kind of explain a little bit about this temple to you. You'll see there's a big area out here with a little short wall. That is the courtyard of the Gentiles. And the Gentiles could come to the temple, but they couldn't go in. And so anybody could come. And when we see, uh, when we hear things uh, uh, in the Bible about uh, how people came to the temple and there were thousands and thousands that were there, uh, such as on the day of Pentecost, that would have taken place in that big outer courtyard. Anybody could come, Jewish or not. Well, then, in the next area, this area here is called the Courtyard of Women. Now, that doesn't mean that just women get to go there. But that was as, that's for Jewish people only. And that would be the area that women could go into that area. But they couldn't go in past the gate right there, that is where the priests would go in and they would receive the uh, sacrifices. And so most of what we're going to hear today about Simeon and Anna are going to be in that courtyard of women. It's going to be almost to the the temple itself, but it's going to be inside that area. Because that's where people went for two things. One is if they needed to meet the priest for some sort of sacrifice. They were bringing a sacrifice. Or secondly, they're Jewish people that are coming to be checked by the priest because they've had some sort of illness. And if you'll read through Leviticus, there's all kinds of, of things where people would have to, they would say, you, you go to the priest and he'll check it over and then you come back in seven days and he'll check it again. That's where they would have gone. They would have gone into the court of the women. And that's the place that the majority of our uh, story is going to take place today. But this first one is eight days. And it's the circumcision of Jesus. And in Genesis 17, it tells us why. Genesis 17 says, this is my covenant which you will keep. Between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. And you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin. And it shall be for a sign of the covenant. Between me and you. And every male among you who is eight days old. Shall be circumcised throughout your generations. The sign of the covenant. And the covenant was still active. The covenant is not going to be rescinded. Are not going to be completed for the Jewish people until Christ comes in the second time, in the second advent. So, so Jesus needed to be circumcised. And his father and his mother, being righteous people, said what? We're going to get him to the temple. Not, but not, excuse me, not to the temple. We're going to have him circumcised. Because the circumcision would have taken place locally by a local rabbi. He's going to get to the temple pretty quick. Now, you say, well, why wouldn't they go to the temple? It's only six miles away. From Bethlehem to the temple is six miles. Why wouldn't they go to the temple? Well, we're going to see in a minute that Mary was still unclean. And and we'll talk about that in just a minute. that's not going to take place for 40 days. But after eight days... The child would be circumcised. If we looked back, remember we talked about John the Baptist and how when it came time to be named, eight days went by and he was going to be circumcised, and he and and it was locally. They had a big party. All the neighbors and everybody came. He was circumcised. And then was also what happened on that day. He got his name. Usually we have a big thing, right? Where everybody has name books and they pick out a name. Back then they didn't. They waited until that eighth day. And then they named the child. And and in verse 21, what does it say? His name was then called Jesus. And the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. From the very beginning, it says his name is Jesus. Now, what is that name in Hebrew? Anybody know? Yeshua, Yeshua. We would call it what? Joshua. But his name in Hebrew is Yahshua. And I want you to know, Yahshua literally means salvation. His name is salvation. Can you imagine having that name walking around? My name is Yahshua. Salvation. What are you saving us from? Wouldn't that be wonderful to follow him around and people look at, the Jewish people would look at him and say, salvation? You are salvation? He's, yes I am. And he is. You see a lot of times we think of salvation as, as an experience that we have at some point in our life when we Come to Jesus. But the reality is. Salvation is. Jesus. He said what? I am the way. The truth and the life. And no man comes to the father. But by me salvation. Is him. Luke 2.11 says. For today. In the city of David, there is born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He is the Messiah, the Savior. And don't forget that. You know, the, the, uh, the beautiful song that uh, the Gaithers wrote. Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus. And that is the truth. He is the Savior. And that's the story of Christmas, is to tell that unto you is born this day in the city of David, Yahshua! Salvation has arrived. Amen? Amen. Well, let's go on. There's, there's uh, two more rites that are going to take place. So let's go to, to verses 22 to 24. And when the days of their purification, according to the law of Moses, was completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. And what I want you to understand here is there's actually two rites that are taking place, and they're doing it at the same time. The first was the purification For Mary, the purification for Mary. Leviticus chapter 12 tells us when a woman gives birth and bears a male child, then she shall be unclean for seven days, and in the days of her ministration, she shall be unclean. On the eighth day, the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised, then she shall remain in the blood of her purification for 33 days. She shall not touch any consecrated thing, nor enter the sanctuary until the days of her purification are complete. That's why they couldn't go to the temple. That's why the circumcision took place locally. Then we go to verse 6, And then in the days of her purification complete, for a son or for a daughter, she shall bring to the priest at the doorway of the tent of meeting a one-year-old lamb... For a burnt offering. And a young pigeon or turtle dove. For a sin offering. Wow. But they didn't. That isn't what it says did it. It actually quoted. Leviticus 12.8. But if she cannot afford a lamb. Then she shall take two turtle doves. Or two young pigeons. The one for a burnt offering. The other for a sin offering. And the priest shall make atonement for her and she will be uncle- she will be cleaned the purification was to bring a lamb but isn't that amazing she was they were too poor because this is the poor persons but i also think that god said hey she is going to bring a lamb with her she brought the lamb of god to the temple to to be to be Shown to the world. She gave the they gave the two turtle doves. That was was to be for her purification. But there was one more rite that needed to take place, and that was the presentation of the firstborn male. The presentation so she brings Jesus with her. They're coming to the temple for her purification. And while they're there, they're going to present the firstborn child. And the the offering for the firstborn child would normally be six shekels. They're going to redeem the child. Now, why did they need to redeem the firstborn child? We need to go back to Exodus. You remember what was happening? The twelfth of the plagues that was given, Moses came to Pharaoh... And he says you have hardened your heart and because of that the next plague will be the last plague. And it's going to be that the firstborn child of every person and every creature in Egypt is going to die. And what did God do? God sent a message through Moses. He said I want everybody to to sacrifice a lamb and go into your house and you're going to take the blood of the lamb and you're going to take hyssop, uh, a, a bush, and you're going to dip it in the blood and you're going to mark your lentil and your side posts of your door. And if you do that, the death angel will pass over. That's where we get the term, the Passover. When I see the blood, when I see the blood. When I see the blood, I will pass, I will pass over you. He was going to pass over everyone, and the firstborn child would be saved. And so what did God say that they're to do? Now when the Lord brings you to the land of the Canaanite, as he swore to you and your father and gives it to you, you shall devote to the Lord the first offspring of every womb, And the first offspring of every beast that you own, the males, belong to the Lord. The firstborn belong to me. Well, that's that's interesting. They belong to me. And so they would bring this firstborn child and present them to the Lord. But then something happened in the desert. God chose one tribe. To be his. And that tribe was the Levites. The Levites would become his. And so what God said is you're going to bring this child and you will redeem them and I'll use the Levites. But every firstborn child had to be brought. And so they brought Jesus to the temple to be redeemed. To pay the price, he was the firstborn child. And so all of this was going on. That's the reason they were at the temple for the purification of Mary, for the presentation of Jesus. And then we come to this this beautiful interaction with these two people. So look at Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 35. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ and it came and he came in the spirit into the temple when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law and then he took him in his arms and he blessed God and said now lord you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word my eyes have seen what your salvation, your Yeshua, which you have prepared in the presence of all people. The light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And the father and the mother were amazed by the things which were being said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Simeon. What does it say about Simeon? It said he was a righteous man. Have you noticed how many, you know, we talked about different things that run through the Christmas story. One is the Holy Spirit, right? We see the Holy Spirit all the way from the beginning with Zacharias and Elizabeth, and it runs all the way through, including this passage. Because it said the Holy Spirit had revealed to him, you're not going to die until you see the Christ child. So, where had he been? He'd been coming to the temple. He'd been coming to the temple to see that. And, and, you know, we see, when we see the Holy Spirit come upon Mary, it said, when the angel came, he said, What? You are a favored one. Do you think she would be favored if she wasn't righteous? And when Joseph was getting ready to put Mary away, because it said he was what? He was a righteous man. You see, God uses, we we saw in this story, God used wise men and God used an evil king and God used an emperor. But if you look through this whole story, I want you to understand something. God uses righteous people. Now, what does that mean, righteous? We can be self-righteous, look at me. But what it means is right before God. Now, what does it take to be right before God? Well, God said what? The two greatest commandments are this. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second is like unto the first. You will love your neighbor as yourself. On this, all the law and the prophets stand. You see, these people lived right before God. And and the times when they weren't right before God, what did they do? They came and confessed. They confessed their sin. And and it was forgiven. In their case, they would have brought a sin offering to the altar. They stayed right before God. And because of that, God began to speak to them. He he had been silent, but God told Simeon. What did he tell him? Messiah is coming In your lifetime. Wouldn't you have loved to have been. Had that message. I I would love to hear God say. Hey Ben. I'm going to share with you what I told you in Revelation. I wasn't going to share with anybody. When I'm coming back. (laughs) But he told Simeon. The baby's coming. The the king is coming right. The king's on his way. I don't know that Simeon understood right off. That it was going to be a baby. Until that baby Came in through the doors in his mother and daddy's arms, came through the temple, into the court of women, carrying two turtle doves for her purification and six shekels to 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 buy Jesus back to redeem him as firstborn. But as soon as Simeon saw him, what did he do? He scooped him up in his arms. You know, I love babies. <laughs> I love babies. And you know you, a lot of times it, you, if you see me running around here and there's a little baby running around, I'm probably gonna scoop them up because one of the things that I love doing is praying over babies. And you'll see if you ever if you ever look at any of my pictures from my missions trip, you'll always see me with a baby in my arms because I'm praying. I'm praying God send send them people send them parents godly parents that will raise them to know you send them people to influence their lives change their circumstance so that they will serve you all the days of their life that's what i pray over those children when i scoop them up because a lot of times we see them in the most unfortunate circumstances but can God change those circumstances? Absolutely. And so Simeon scoops this baby up and he blesses, he, he actually blesses the Lord. He said, that's what it says. And he blessed God. He's saying thank you God because he is, he's bringing us something in the future, right? What did he say? He's, he said, you have, you have prepared in the presence of all people a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And that that is in the future. You see, Simeon was looking forward. He could have said, thank, he did. He said, thank you, Lord. I can go home now. He said, I can die in peace because I've, found Yahshua, salvation. But he was looking forward. He said, it's the light of revelation to the Gentiles. A revelation is something that's coming. He said, you're going to be revealed to the Gentiles. And, And God was. Jesus not only came for the Jews as their Messiah, but he came to the Gentiles as their Savior. And as Simeon looks out into the future, he he blessed God for sending that. And Simeon knew that Jesus was God's salvation. He said, God has sent him. He's the Messiah. He's here now, but he is going to be for the salvation of all people. Because what had God promised Abraham that all families of the earth would be blessed through you. And Jesus came through that line. But there was another thing that had been revealed to Simeon. And that was that he felt the sorrow and the pain of Jesus and Mary. Look what, his, what he says when he speaks to Mary. Mary. Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be what? Opposed. And the sword will pierce even your own soul, he's speaking to Mary here, to the end that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. What's he talking about? Well, Jesus was, the, the Bible tells us very plainly that Jesus was a stumbling block. I mean, he went to the Pharisees of all people who should have recognized the Messiah and they couldn't see it. They tripped right over it onto their own faces. I mean, he, was, he would go to places and he would preach and they would reject him and so he'd move on to the next town. And then there comes a day when he stands over Jerusalem. In Matthew chapter 23, he is on his final week in, uh, on earth. And he's, he looks over Jerusalem and he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and the stones of those who were sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wing and you were not willing. Oh, the sorrow. The sorrow that Jesus felt. Here I came for you. I am your Messiah. And yes, you're going to say, Hosanna who comes, right? But they wanted a king that was going to rescue them from the Romans and we needed a savior to rescue us from our sins. And he wept over Jerusalem. And even his 12 sitting at the table with him, one of them betrayed him. The one in which I dipped Can you imagine that? Dipping the bread in the herbs and handing it to Judas and go and do what you have to do. He'd been with him for three years. And then there's that scene that we see at the the temple when the the high priest was questioning Jesus and and he had already told Peter, what did he tell him? You're going to deny me before the cock crows three times. You're going to deny me. And on that third time, Luke tells us that Peter denied him and the cock crowed. And it says that Jesus looked and saw him. And Peter went out and wept. And I can imagine the sorrow in Jesus' heart. As he looked at his best friend, really, Peter, who had cursed and ran away. But the worst of all of this sorrow is with Mary. You notice what he's speaking to Mary and he says what? And a sword will pierce even your own soul. I want you to think about the cross for a minute. Mary's there at the cross. Jesus goes through a number of hours on the cross. He's made a number of statements on the cross and one of those is, Mother, behold your son. And in reality, he's not just talking about look at me. He's speaking to John. John is going to take over for me. But in reality, he's also saying, Mary, I am your salvation. I'm your salvation. And then they come because they say it's preparation day, so they get permission to break the legs. Now, why did they break the legs of the people that were being crucified? Because the reality with crucifixion is that you die by suffocation. You see, when you're hanging like this, they would bend their legs and they would put their legs on a post, their heels on a post. And then they'd tie their arms up like this. And so what they would do is is you can breathe in when you're hanging like this, but you can't breathe out. So they would have to push up with their legs, pull up with their arms, breathe out, and then let themselves back down. And eventually, when you can no longer pull yourself up, you you were too exhausted. And so they would break their legs so they could no longer push up to take a breath. And when they came to do that, they broke the legs of the thief on this side and the legs of the thief on this side, and they came to Jesus, and they said, he's already dead. And what did the soldier do? He took his spear and he put it into his side as Mary watched. And I, I wonder because it says she pondered all of these things in her heart. She, it says in, the, in these verses that she was she, she was amazed at what she heard. I wonder if she thought back all the way to Simeon when he said and a sword will pierce even your own soul. I imagine that was something that she remembered. A sword will pierce your soul. Holding her little baby. Knowing that he would die for the sins of the world. Well, Simeon's not the only one that they meet. Look at Luke, two thirty six to thirty eight. And there was a prophetess, Anna, Anna, whichever however you want to pronounce it, daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher, and she was advanced in years. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. And then as a widow to the age of 84. And she never left the temple, serving night and day with fasting and prayers. And at that very moment, she came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak of him to all those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. (laughs) This wonderful lady, do, do you, did you hear what her life was? I mean, we know that, we, we've talked about Mary was probably in her early teens when she got married. That was not unusual for a Jewish person. And here's, here's Anna in, in Jerusalem. She was married seven years and then she becomes a widow. So she's a very, very young widow. And they could be released. They could marry somebody else. But she didn't. She stayed in the temple for how long? She was 84. The rest of her life she comes to the temple every day, every evening at the time of the sacrifice and she's in the court of women and what does she do? She prays and fasts. Now, what does that mean? Who would come into the court of the temple of the women? People who came because they were offering a sin offering, like the woman who was caught in adultery. Or, or people would come because they were what? When when they when Jesus would heal them, what did he tell them to do? Go and present yourselves. With the blind men, you go to the to the temple, and you present yourself to the priest. The leper who was cleansed, who was cleansed from their leprosy, they were sent to the temple. And someone like, like Anna would be there, and what did she do? She prayed over him. She was a prophetess. What does that mean? Not that she foretold the future, But she was a foreteller. She was a teller of truth. And when people would come into the temple and they would be bearing all of these things, she would come and she'd say, can I pray for you? You know, one of the reasons I tell you every Sunday, reach over and pray for somebody. Because we have no idea what they're going through and they came here for a reason. And Anna did that over and over again for all of those years. Praying and ministering to people, fasting in prayer for people who were hurting, for people who were sick, for people who were mourning that would come to the temple. And here is baby Jesus in the the hands of her of his mom and dad. And she knew. She knew that he was what? What did she say? She, she talked to the people who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. You see, she was telling people. And then what, what happened? As soon as she sees Jesus, Anna could not stop talking about Jesus. It says that she began to give thanks to God and continued to speak of him to all those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. You see, there were others who were coming. There were others who had, who had listened to Isaiah. There's a light that's coming, as we saw on Christmas Eve. The light is coming into the darkness, and it's going to light the world and it's here and his name is Jesus. And I have to tell you about who Jesus is. He's here. Yahshua, salvation, has come to Jerusalem. And she couldn't stop talking about him. You know, I think that's one of the things in, in uh, Revelation when God sends down his letter to the, to the church of Ephesus. He says, You've lost your first love. You need to return to your first love. I want you to think back to the time when you first got saved. And you started going, you would tell me, I, I'm not really sure what this is all about, but I know that I am changed. And you began to tell all of your friends, I got saved when I was 15 years old. It was in August. And I, was, I got back Uh, We were doing daily doubles with the football team. And as soon as school started back, I found Fellowship of Christian Athletes at school. And man, I'm I'm excited because now I know there's, there's other people who are believers like me. And we started grabbing, hey, you guys need to come. You guys need to come. I was just this last week, I was over. Uh, picking uh, over in Monmouth with a, at a friend of mine's house that, and she got saved at 16 because my best friend and I drove her to church said we're going to pick you up you need, to, you need to see this brought her to youth group she, she did not have a Christian upbringing but she said what's up with you guys come and find out come and see She couldn't, and and we, sometimes we lose that excitement that we had when we first got saved. You need to come and see this Jesus. See that little baby over there with that mom and dad? He's the Savior. She couldn't stop talking about Jesus. Well, I hope that this Christmas season, as we we wrap up, I hope that you're like these two. I hope you're like Simeon and and Anna as as they revel in the fact that Jesus has arrived. Salvation has come for the world because the baby came. But he didn't, he didn't remain in a manger. We see a few verses later, it says, and he grew. Next time we see him, he's 12 years old. And where is he? He's in the temple doing the work of the father. I need to be about my father's business. And then we see him at 30 years old. At the wedding of Canaan. As he says, make the water into wine. And then we watch him as for three years, he heals the sick, he raises the dead, he feeds the thousands, he casts out the demons. Lazarus, come forth. We see him ministering to all of these people. And then we see him on the cross. Because without the cross, the gift is incomplete. Without the cross, the baby means nothing. He came, Yahshua, salvation, for us. And on that cross, he gave his life for us. What a gift. What a gift.